Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. We're back in the basement. We're in Minnesota. The rest of the country gets a little tasty taste of the Minnesota STD, as I've been telling people. Like, dude, this is the fucking... The last time we had a bad polar vortex, I was still married. I was just out of the hospital. I was sitting there like wanting to get outside so bad just because like I had my shattered leg and I, my ex-wife and I were going to go to a movie. The, the first time I had won like movie tickets in like 10 years and it was negative 50 degrees below zero. I'm like, no, we don't need to get out, blah, blah, blah. I had a great run in my mid twenties of getting free tickets and free concert tickets like like twice a week it was just fucking nuts for like a a couple three four months run it was great but hold on everybody it feels a little odd right now let's let's do a second take on that (sighs) yeah i um i need my coffee really bad because i I'll admit something, everybody. I was on a little road trip this week, and things didn't necessarily pan out. I thought I was going to do a moped deal, and then I had some issues here and there and just decided not to do it. But I got home, and I love to watch cars turn left. And I don't watch a lot of NASCAR anymore, but I wanted to watch the 500. And it rained. It rained, it rained, it rained. And I'm like, shit, they're going to rain out. And I swear I saw somewhere that said the race was going to go at 11 um eastern so i'm like oh okay so i'm just i told them i wasn't gonna be at work on monday i'll just keep with that story so i didn't go to work monday i was gonna watch the race and then i turn on the tv there's no nascar anywhere i'm like what the fuck i look i saw who won and i'm like motherfucker it was 11 o'clock last night is when they got it i was so pissed and i I got out my shop a little bit and then I discovered something that's broke on one of my bikes and I'm fucking irate about it. And it's one of those unobtainium parts that I just don't even want to fucking talk about right now. Think of unobtainium with, with hobbits. That's all I have to say. Um, just pissed about that. Um, but yeah, how's, I hope everybody's doing good out there in the moped community. Like I try, I loved it. I love to banter with people, but it, you never know how it's going to go on the internet. So I've been, I've been working on pulling back quite a bit, but I've noticed something. Everybody seems to be a little snippy lately. I don't know if it's because we're all sick of Rona, if we're all sick of just the news or whatnot, but like I've been seeing just so much, shall we say, um, Facebook drama getting aired out in the world. And it was just, you know, hey, mopeds are supposed to be fun. You know, they they talk about it on uh, Moped Monday podcast a lot. You know, this stuff is just supposed to be fun and silly. And that's what we should do. Remember, mopeds are fun. Let's all just be buds. Let's just ride bikes. And it's we're going to be together soon. I know we are, everybody. But speaking of being together, like, it's awesome that I stubbornly stuck with this after um ashley and i had to part ways because of our work schedule and like i get i'm getting to meet so many fucking people in the moped community that 
even if I would have been going to rallies, I don't think I would have had the nuts to go out to like the East Coast by myself. I don't think I would have had the nuts to, you know, reach out. And that's what some of the joys of this podcast is bringing me. You know, I, I jokingly said a while ago, like, I do this just so I can meet people and have crowd, coaches to crash on. But like, and, and that was kind of a BS answer. I do it. I do this podcast for me, everybody. And I'm happy that everybody kind of gets some enjoyment out of it because I get to have conversations with people and I get to know people on a better level than you would necessarily at a rally because, you know, a rally, everybody's shy and everybody kind of clicks with their friends. And every once in a while you have people reach out to you who you don't know and you don't know anybody until you see them at two or three rallies. And I feel like the people who I have on, you get to know and like, it's going to be so much fun or all together and people get to ride and we get to just beat the shit out of each other. Once we see each other for the first time, because I know there's going to be a lot of people just running and hugging each other. Cause you know, even though we don't know each other, we all know each other. Um, and that ties into list. I, I heard a friend of mine, like Maddie Bo kick around this name every once in a while. And then I believe he was a part of a practical joke a couple weeks ago on uh, moped Monday podcast with the, with the Bert, Jason, I'm sorry. I missed your birthday, buddy. I just forgot. I mean, it happens, but, um, why don't we let this week's guest introduce himself? Uh, Hey, my name is Nathan. I am the founder of the wizards moped club from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I like to play mopeds. Right on, right on my guy. Hey, how are you doing tonight? How's things out in uh, Lanchester? I always get tongue tied with that for some reason. I just must be all my Norwegian in me or something, but like Lanchester, I don't know why it's hard for me to say, but I'll try not to butcher it too much. Cause you know, I'm a wordsmith with the English language. Yeah. There's a couple different Lancasters throughout the country, but Pennsylvania is the only one that pronounces it Lancaster. Everybody else is Lancaster. See, that's there. There we go. Land. Why don't you, why don't you say it one more time for me, Nate? It's Lancaster. Lancaster. All right. Um, so I asked you on here to, so, because basically I wanted to get to know you better. Cause I've heard your name just talked about once or twice, nothing good, nothing bad, just <laughs> Nate wizard. So our Nate from the wizards, it technically was. So Nate, I have to ask you, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. What happened, what it was like, and what it's like today. So let me ask you, Nate, what is your first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on, but like the first time you conceptually remember seeing a moped. Ooh, uh, I was freshly 16 years old, which in the state of Pennsylvania uh, is the it's when you can get a moped because we don't have any special moped permit uh, mm-hmm. that some states have. You just need a class C, which is your basic driver's license. You don't need a class M for a motorcycle. Um, and it kind of just happened by circumstance. There's a guy local here in the area uh, from Hershey. His name's Rob, Rob Kane. He, uh, he definitely does a lot of the buying and the uh, the fixing up and the selling. And I was, yeah, I said I was 16 years old. And my buddy, who was only 15 at the time, bought this, the, the baby puke green uh, puke maxi with the ZA on it. Mm-hmm. The, the mark two and he he was like yo you gotta come see this thing i just bought it and he sent me pictures of it and i was like okay okay what's this and so i remember it had no title uh, i had nothing and once again pennsylvania you need title you need insurance 
you need yep. uh, to register it. And his mom wasn't even going to let him ride it. He just had this thing. So we like convinced his mom to like let us. We just took it down to a local abandoned parking lot, and yeah. we had just a just a regular bicycle helmet, and we were just putting <laughs> this thing around at a blistering twenty two miles an hour. You know, something like that. It was a stock bike. Yeah. Um, and as soon like that was definitely the smile ride because I had never ridden anything to wield before for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, I had I had one. I can't even say I had a dirt bike growing up. My dad bought like a 125 Yamaha. He got a trade. I got to ride it twice and then he traded it off for something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that was my only experience on two wheeled motorized before this. And I was 16. I had a job since I was 14 because I was working as a busser for this little local restaurant just under the table. And I was like, I, I need one of these. I have to have it like this is the best <laughs> so let me ask you you know how i i've loosened up a little bit but like i like to know dates and times like how old are you at 16 what year what year how of the lord are 16? we in nate <laughs> uh, how old were you <laughs> jesus christ did i mention i've worked uh i missed monday and i've worked 25 hours in two days so like yeah so i'll hit you with the quick maths i'm 26 and it's currently 2021, so I'll let you go ahead and just decide there. Uh, uh, I, I, I do drawing stuff. Let's go 29, 2010, somewhere in okay. that, somewhere in yeah. that range. So, so yeah. So, so you get you, you get on that bike. You're kind of you got the kind of smile ride. I'm I'm sure that bike is in tune for shit, and it's it it just it's something to grab your attention, if you will, like. Um, I can say from my first experience, like riding hobbits, like I think the Welsh plug was knocked out. So like it wouldn't idle for shit, but like, dude, I was loving life. Like, and like we all do with our first initial smile ride. Um, did you, let me guess, like, I know you said you were ripping it around that parking lot a little bit. How long did it take you to get out on the street? Um, so the parking lot was like within eye shot of his house. And we knew his mom was watching. So we yeah. were trying to make sure we weren't going to immediately get told that we're not allowed to play with the new toy. His, okay. his, his whole goal was to basically, he, he had already done his research. He already found the moped army that day. Awesome. And he was like, he's like, I want to clean the tank out and I want to put a pipe on it. Cause we were all, it was actually funny. We were all afraid of doing 70 CC kits for like, two or three years because we were like no but none of us have done them so it's we didn't want to fuck our only bike up mm -hmm. <laughs> you know on a teenager's salary it's not like you can just go oh, yeah. go buy another cylinder should you mess one up only working you know a couple hours a week yeah i mean teenagers at least this teenager i was only worried about gas money cigarettes and beer money so like that was like all my budget would allow and that's yeah. So imagine trying to fit. I mean, Grant, I had other hobbies and interests, but those were all being paid for through others, other lifestyles. But yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But it kind of just evolved sporadically from there. You know, back in the day, it was Craigslist. Craigslist was the only place you could find bikes. Mm -hmm. And for back in the day, I actually paid a good amount of money for my first bike. What um, What did you pay for your first bike? That's kind of a question. I, 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 go back and forth asking people no no i have no problem i'm an open book about that but uh i paid this is probably a, so yeah let's say 2010 and i paid 400 dollars for my first moped 
dude that's not terrible like like i said like if if you listen to graham motzing's episode um for moped factory he paid 500 bucks for a rusted out maxi and that was yeah and the, the thing with the this bike it was single owner this thing was mint condition and it had the keychain with the key and actually uh for the fork lock it actually still had these it had a little motron keychain it was a, it was one of the canary yellow yellow uh it was a motron sprint nice dude yeah so i don't think and you had a title with it it did i, I made sure it did because that one i wanted to make sure i could get it it's funny uh, the bike's in pieces, but I still have the title. And uh, for legal reasons, it does not get put on other bikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, my guy. <laughs> I hear that. Um, <laughs> so you got talk about like you, you I kind of jumped into your story a little bit, but why don't you go ahead and talk about like you and your buddy are riding his bike around. What was your pursuit or how long did it take you to start finding or looking for your own bike? Like what was that progression from like day one to like owning your bike? Within a week, I was at a dude's house buying a open. It it was back then there was actually quite a few around um, because we had another close friend. um, His his name's Jake. He is still a wizard today. Nice. Um, Me and Jake are in the same grade. We went to school together. Uh, The other friend, Jonah, he, is no longer super tight in the moped scene he actually still has a magnum but uh he went to a different school he went to the next school over um so realistically his house is only like 15 minutes from mine but we still knew each other and hung out but we got jake to buy a bike he bought a gorelli noi and we were all all of our bikes did about 30 um jonah it's actually funny he was the first one to get a bike and he took the longest to actually get his bike road worthy and to get it on the road now, how come it took him the longest? Was it just because he bought the most clapped out bike out of all you guys? or? Well, he immediately got afraid of the ZA50, so he dropped it and tried trading it on Moped Army for a running E50, which he mm-hmm. did. He got, he got a running E50 on it, but a lot of it, man, it's kind of blurry back then. I don't want to say something that isn't true, but it just, I think it was uh, him getting his license or his permit and something with that and just, all I remember is I did a lot more riding with Jake back in the day than I did with Jonah, even though Jonah was the one who essentially showed me what mopeds were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you talk about your, your reform and a little bit of a scene going on in your community, Lanchester. I'm going to fucking butcher your name, dude. I'm sorry. Um, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> so you're reforming a scene a little bit. Like how, like, was it just like you three buddies, like, dude, these are the rest things ever. Like we all got to get them or like how that always fascinates me, how friends get in it together. Like, um, and are you guys just like short rides, like a couple, five, six miles? Or are you guys really starting to branch out at all? So definitely it is like three dudes getting into it. I, I think mainly back in those earlier, you know, early to mid two thousands, you know, or the 2010s, I think the fact of the matter is it was, back then it was so accessible for people to just get into it. I, I said, I paid $400 for my first bike. I paid $50 for my second and it ran with a title. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome. But when we, me and Jake were 16, that's us. Oh, so that's another reason it took Jonah so long to get his, he was a year younger than us. So he couldn't even get his permit yet. Jake yeah. and I already had our permits or our licenses. Cause me and Jake got on that right away. 
you know, me and him both had jobs since we were teenagers and you need to get to work. But when it comes to how long we're riding, man, we were, we would actually, me and Jake would meet up every morning. Uh, we would ride to school a lot of mornings together. Uh, nice. we, and weekends, you know, you just get lost on them back roads with all the Amish farms, man. You can disappear. I actually remember riding my, uh, it was a stock bike still completely. I rode the bike until it overheated. Good I actually you. overheated a stock bike from just riding it. And actually, I remember that was Dude, the that first day. so happy. That was the first day I got it road legal because I was riding it to work with no plate. Because, you know, you always get the one excuse of, oh, man, I didn't know. You know, <laughs> oh, it, I was told, the guy told me I didn't need a plate. So uh, my dad, while I was working, he, uh, I was working a midday shift. It was, uh, I was just doing uh, some cleaning around the bar. I was working at a restaurant brewery. And they would have me come in on the weekends and clean up like mm-hmm. all of everybody's vomit from the night before, which was super fun. Oh yeah. Um, and he's like, Hey, like I'm running to get your plate. He's like, cause we put it in my dad's name. I was too young. So we put it in his name and to insure and stuff because I was only 16. I had just gotten my permit, my license and whatnot. And he's like, Hey man, I see your bike out back your work. I'm going to come back with your plate in like a half an hour. Well, I got off of work in like 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. I just took off. I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your dad's pretty rad about that. Cause like, great. My dad wouldn't uh, pass when I was 12, but like, oh, Dave was awesome. Cause he would totally would have been endless. But like, if I would have done something like that, my old man wasn't afraid to grab you by the shirt collar and like, God damn it. You little. <laughs> oh, he, he was not happy about it. Okay. <laughs> my dad definitely, he's, he's a great dude. He, uh, he he is a he's a Harley guy. He's a biker. So oh he, shit! He thought it was he thought it was hilarious. He he's like this is a great first step. You know I know you can't afford a motorcycle right now, but this is great. You'll eventually grow into the real thing. <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. He actually bought a Tomos for a while, and I helped him kid it and do all that. That's but right. uh, so I always yeah, tell so, people, especially like people into motorcycles, I'm like, dude, you get on a moped, a kitted moped, in town, you'll never get off. Yeah. Yeah, my, my dad being the Harley guy and stuff, you know, my dad definitely knew how to turn a wrench growing up, and I definitely learned real good from a young age how to hold a flashlight and get yelled at. Yeah. Um, Dude, like I like <laughs> I always tell people, I can hold the fuck out of a flashlight. Um, and I was going to, I was even going to ask you, like, so you grew up, like, your dad was mechanically inclined, so obviously, like, it sounds like he had a good enough relationship where, like, you were around him, at least, to hold a flashlight. Yeah. Um, but okay. So you got, sorry for interrupting you. And like, that's what I do. Everybody knows it. Oh, you're but good, like, man. uh, you went, you had that brewery, you took off and what happened from there? Was there any, uh, legal ramifications or. Oh, nah, I made it home in time. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I slapped the plate on the bike and I was good from then on. <laughs> right on, right on. So like, okay, you got a bike, your couple buddies got a bike. Are you starting in any way discovering an outside moped community at this point? Or wasn't that even something? I mean, I know you guys said you found Moped Army, but were you guys even looking for an outside community at all? Are we looking at, because they had that, oh, I forget his name. He's up in your area. Like an older gentleman used to have, like a breakfast ride or something. I'm not even going to try to remember the name, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, like what was your, sir? I guess my question is like, what's your first experience 
in the outer greater moped community was it a rally or was it a ride or so i would say my first experience in the moped community because i was i was a hard lurker and a, a, i did a decent amount of shit posting on moped <laughs> army um i think if you i think i have like i definitely have over a thousand posts on moped army it's it's ridiculous in in the later years i've definitely just done my best to be extremely helpful mm-hmm. uh because i i learned that the trolling is fun but you know the website dies when everybody's trolling. <laughs> yeah, but you you see that happen with like even some of the Facebook groups where, I mean, we all we all find it funny and whatnot, and like, but like it's not even fun to look at it sometimes when all you see is trolls trolling each other. Yeah, you got the fake accounts on fake accounts. But when it comes to the introduction to the greater scene, because like I had heard whispers of like the human beings um i i had never met any of them at the time i've definitely met some of them now but mm-hmm. uh i don't know what came first i know my first group ride was uh moped lar moped larry out in that's who i was thinking of that's who i was thinking of i'm sorry yeah no great rides man that though i remember i back then i was driving uh, a 1999 clapped out chevy cavalier Hell yeah. And I would take my bike apart, shove it in the rear, in the back seat, and I would drive out there by myself. Or I don't, because I don't think Jake ever came. I think it was just me by myself. And I was driving out there to go on these group rides. Um, but I don't know if that's what came first or if it was during my senior year of high school. I, uh, I actually rebuilt my V1 for nice. my senior project because before then, I'm be honest. I, I knew how to turn a wrench. I know how bolts work, but I had I knew nothing of engines. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I. Was, you could say, "Hey, where's your carburetor at?" And I would shrug and say, oh, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and there's and there's nothing wrong with any and like anybody who doesn't know much about engines or whatever, it's rad because we've all been there. And mopeds are a great learning point. Don't be afraid to fuck shit up, as I always say. Yeah. So the only of the other introduction I really got into the greater world of moped people and moped scene would be uh, during that senior project, I was, you know, following the online manuals, you know, the project moped manual with all the, the downloadable PDFs and stuff. And I rebuilt this engine all by myself. And I felt so proud of myself. I was pa- I painted the bike, which I highly regret. Oh my god, it was minty, and I fucking sanded it down and painted it real stupid primer gray. Uh, because I thought I was a hot rod kid. I did red rims with white walls, and it was so cool and it had low bars. And I hate myself for doing that now. <laughs> um, but I was so proud. I put a 60cc Olympia kit off Treatland. And I got a PHBG from 1977. And it Back actually day, came. It came. Dude, they used to be faster than Treatland sometimes. Uh, but I put like a Mamba pipe on it, which you can't find those no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're some of my favorite circuit pipes for the V1. And I was, I was putting it together and I did it. I did it. And then I saw there was two shims left on my table and I had no fucking clue oh. where they went. Awesome. <laughs> So I uh, took pictures of them. And I was like, hey, guys, I know this is kind of vague, but does anybody know where these go? I think I forgot them somewhere. And there was this wonderful human being on Moped Army, and her name was Angel. And she lived in Maryland at the time. And uh, where she lived in Maryland, it was only 
45 minute to an hour drive and mm -hmm. she was like oh that small one goes on your little christmas tree gear and the big one looks like it's the one that goes behind your clutch bell and i was like oh okay thanks and then she uh, messaged me and she's like hey uh the private messages on uh moped army i think is how she reached out to me she's like i see that you're only like a little bit away from me do you just want me to come up and help you do that and i was like this is a stranger on the internet i don't know you yeah yeah, yeah. come on up <laughs> <laughs> so angel rolls up in this maroon oldsmobile with her motor marina sebring once again stuffed in the back seat so and happy about all this within 45 minutes we had the engine split apart put the shims back where they needed to be and the bike fired up no problem and dude. i soft seized it like six times nice <laughs> but dude that like i just flashed back to like i don't know which hobbit motor i was rebuilding but like I literally got it all together and I put it on the ground to kick it over. And I noticed on the stand two uh, circlips for the wrist pin. I'm like, oh. Wait, both of them? You forgot yes. both of them. No, one, I should say. One, I was just like, son of a bitch. So I, 45 minutes later, I put it back in and it was just like, oh, that's what happens when I get in a rush. Um, but so Angel got... So yeah, soft season it six times. Um, did you just keep riding it each time and hoping it get better, or did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew nothing about it. I was running. Now you're gonna start arguments on this. Uh, whether or not you can run a V1 without a fan, and I was running no fan. I was just blasting around town and like, oh man, it keeps shutting off on me. I don't know what's happening. Take it back over, starts back up. Ah, we're good. <laughs> uh, and then I learned about jetting and tuning. And of course, like on the first bill I ever did, I went for PHBG. So that yeah. was fun. <laughs> I, uh, I'm very, very voiced in the PHBG now. Every bike that I, that I build has one. I love them to death. I'm, I'm very proficient now. <laughs> I went from like the VM 20 land of hobbits. Now I'm somebody talked to me into um, Polini and like everybody, uh, so I kind of jumped over the PHBG because everybody who I was like knowledgeable people who I respect in the Midwest said a Polini is just a copy of a PHPG, but they did it better. Like I haven't heard anything bad about those Polini CP cars. I've actually debated trying one, but it's just hard when I have every main jet from 50 to hundred and every needle and most of the idle jets in yeah, Scotland yeah. just sitting in my garage. Well, like I was talking to uh, Stefan Buzzard the other a couple weeks ago, and like the yeah. the only tuning, and he he agreed with me with the VM twenties, like they only get louder, or they four stroke, <laughs> and like I can I, I mean, granted, you can dial them in to a point, but like I never got them dialed in like I can a Polini, like a yeah, and I'm and I'm still learning on my Polinis. Like I figured out a whole bunch of shit in the fall about them, and like so I'm very excited because I was still super rich but anyways about your your story um so you you learn about tuning like how did you go about learning because for me i get really lazy with my dyslexia and like reading the forums like were you just reading 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 or just trying to trial and error or so i am one of those people who uh now apparently this is a symptom of adhd where if you get interested in something you will read and prepare every little piece of information that you can about a subject before you even buy it or get into it. Mm -hmm. So I, if you didn't know, there's a little step-by-step -step guide on how to tune a PHBG in the Moped Army Wiki. And it, it's very helpful. 
Um, the most the most difficult part of a PHBG is the needle. But once you understand that it controls when and how much mid-range gas you get. So it, there, there's some helpful charts I found online uh, that are illustrated that show you how the needles differ in size. Like they're separated by the class of how thick the tip is. Ha, 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 nice. Um, but, that's, uh, that's our fine sound effects here at Second Chance Moped Podcast. No soundboard? <laughs> no, I'm, I, dude, yeah, you heard. I finally stepped up into like the 20th century and got a decent laptop. So we'll, we'll awesome. get that on the next one. But as far as that goes, yeah, it was a lot of reading, a lot of learning. I, I remember I had to buy another kit at one point because I was like, wow, the inside of this looks really bad now. <laughs> but as far as that was the early days of Nate with mopeds, and I think there was probably three other people throughout the course of me going to high school that got them and we would meet up and ride in in the morning in small groups. And the club the club officially formed when me, Jake and Jonah were dedicated to riding more together and trying to hang out. Now, granted we're young kids. We didn't have a shop space or anything, you know, it was Jonah had a garage that we would sometimes work in. But other than that, it's, you know, the sidewalk outside of your house, which many people who've worked on mopeds know that great garage with the gravel floor, you know, yeah, yeah. the sidewalk. <laughs> um, yeah. I, that's so awesome the dedication so many people have to the sidewalk and the street light um working on their bikes um so i are you getting and grant you said you're still a ute at this point um just riding with your buddies are you getting that moped hoarder itch at all are you starting to look and try to scout more bikes or like what's it kind of like at this point for you so at that point, even if I wanted to buy more bikes, I, I'm in high school, I'm living with my parents and uh, they weren't letting me put more stuff in the shed. They were, they're already <laughs> upset that, cause we only had a little shed, it had the lawnmower, the snow shovel, uh, my moped and like a couple other pieces of stuff that never got touched. But <laughs> as far as that was, I was too busy trying to dump money into my bike that I already had. Yeah, um, yeah. My second bike, I think I got, I might have actually still been in high school. I know my parents weren't happy about it, um, but it was a Safari Variomatic Deluxe that I saw on a dude's back porch, and I knocked on his door, and I said, hey, would you sell that? And he said, yeah, 50 bucks. Nice. And the title transfer cost me more than the bike did itself, and that was fun. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Out there in Pennsylvania, do you have to tab them every year? Is it like a lifetime tab? Uh, it is a yearly tab, but it is not much. I think it's like 12 bucks a bike. Yeah. And my it's... insurance is like $3 per month and they make me pay it all up at fronts for a year. All like all front. Yeah. Um, so we're, you're, you're getting out to the moped layer rides. You're kind of seeing more um, of the moped community. What, you can't we'll just kind of jump forward a little bit you get out say you're out of high school bit like how what made you want to form a moped club and like what went into that and what went into the name was this is the wizards the original club or was there a different name or uh 
I think really when you have a group of friends that all share a hobby, there just mm-hmm. is this natural push to want to organize, whether it be a Dungeons and Dragons group that you regularly play with or somebody you go to any kind of competitive hobby with. But with mopeds, it's it's a completely social hobby. You're not we're not racing, you know, so there's no competitiveness to it, but there is this want to gather specifically with you know i had been going to the moped larry rides and at this point also um we were going to uh angels gettysburg rides which we have took over um two years ago nice. um, we started doing the gettysburg ride which we only got to do one because you know last Ro- year didn't happen <laughs> fucking rona um but so it originally started as uh, me jake and jonah you know probably within six months we calling ourselves a club because you know you you can go on moped army look at the branches and look at all their cool logos you know back in the day man creatures of the loin was like the coolest to me not only because i thought the artwork was fun but also angel was a creature so i was like oh man creatures are cool yeah yeah. um but you had all these pa didn't have a club at that point that was official and we of course back then we're not like oh 16 year olds we're gonna 16 17 18 whatever old i was when we started really wanting to become a club and get serious. We weren't trying to become official at that point. We only had a couple, a couple friends, but we actually got named by Jonah's dad originally. <laughs> and he, he told us that uh, because we were riding around as this little group, he's like, you guys are like a little motorcycle gang, but you're as harmless as a bunch of house cats. And we actually called ourselves the house cats at first. Dude, that's right. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. There is actually a moped wiki page on the house cats, which of course I'm pretty sure nobody visits. Um, <laughs> but I, I I left it up. Yeah, even after we changed our name, just because it was fun. It has the original logo on it, which is just this old cartoon, almost Garfield style head, but he has X's in his eyes. <laughs> I think it was a, he was like I, I looked at pictures of Felix the cat and I looked at pictures of Garfield while I was drawing it. Nice. Um, but eventually jonah kind of dropped out um one of my friends trevor um joined us and we were just riding around trevor was a absolute wild card he is a unit man he (laughs) he is the dude that you will watch just tail he'll buy a bike and he'll be like yeah i'm just gonna drop the motor slap polini on it and uh oh yeah i found this beach cruiser bike fender that i'm just gonna tape on here and (laughs) i'm gonna wire in these led headlights for no reason and (laughs) It, the workmanship looks like it it looks like he really rebuilt the motor using only a hammer and it ran like a top and it's <laughs> like oh, okay i guess yeah sure <laughs> um trevor got out of it after a couple of years you know he just doing life doing his stuff but actually two months ago he bought a motorbicane from us and he's been starting to hang around again so that's been exciting nice dude but uh, the, the renaming, we just kind of brainstormed stuff. And you heard me mention D&D earlier. I've always been a fantasy nerd. Right on, uh, dude. And the Wizards just came out of it, you know? It, it was it was fun. I had already drawn the logo. It was just a sketch in one of my sketchbooks. I've always done the art stuff. That's another thing that drew me towards Angel. Angel, uh, shout out Angel for letting me come down to Flesh Tattoo Company and let me just sit there and watch you all day and hang out and i am now a tattooer so uh she, yeah, yeah. she she's been a, a positive force in my life more than once I, I actually feel bad sometimes i don't keep up with her as much as i feel i should but 
other than that, yeah, I think that's where we're leaving off right now is just the renaming of the club and us starting to slowly grow in members. I was going to say, how did you guys start to grow in members? Like, is it just you guys are riding around or do you have meetups at that point every week? Because I, I know that's how some clubs do it. You know, they just meet up and then they kind of attract people that way. So we never had a monthly or weekly meetup. It was, uh, we were all close friends. So it was just, mm-hmm. you know, riding today, you coming it was a much more casual thing. Um, I was a bit older when I met Max, um, which is a squirrel from Legion Lancaster. Right um, I actually met him. We went, there's a local town fair that does dirt bike flat track racing. Nice. And the one year they actually held a moped scooter class as a joke. And I met him there. Nice. So um, yeah, we raced mopeds in a dirt flat track. I dumped my bike a couple times. It was fun. Uh, the winner, the winner got like a hundred bucks. It wasn't me. Uh, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we knew of the Lancaster crew, but I'm about a 25 minute car drive from the city. And back then when I was younger, I really wasn't trying to go out there, not knowing who all would be there or all that. I, we were much more like on the acquaintance level at that point, mm-hmm. but through the moped army, you know, watching for new people to pop up or just, you know, get letting friends jump on and getting the smile rides in, you know, that's how we slowly started to pick up members. And as a small club, you know, you, you can't really do prospects. So we didn't have prospects until probably two years, three years ago, okay. um, because it was just like, Hey, uh, you're, you have a moped, you've been hanging out with us for like six months and riding and wrenching you uh you want to be a wizard and that's just kind of that was the process for a while nice um because you know we only had three or four members at that point rotating Mm -hmm. because we would have people you always have people who get into it and then they're just like ah this was cool for a while but then they sell their stuff and sometimes they come back sometimes they don't yeah yeah um so you're starting to grow as a club you hit these, um, what's your first big rally you would say you've been to that like you saw, I mean, the moped lair, like I know Travis Johnson talked about it from Travis tutorial, like those seem very awesome and casual. Um, what's like the first time you got like kind of thrown in and like, holy shit, this is the moped scene and people are fucking blasting on sketchy bikes. And like, what was your first experience with that? Uh, if it wasn't Gettysburg, it was definitely the Philly Fun Fist one, man. Uh, Legion throws killer rallies. Like literally, they will kill you. Um, <laughs> literally, literally, I, whether it's a river, spaghetti, you know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I've actually, I've been to every Legion rally. Uh, at least for a little bit, because the one year I didn't necessarily go for the rally. I actually, uh, I actually, uh, I'm the one who married Matthew, Bo, and Chelsea uh, nice. of the Graveyard Shifters. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his his wedding was that Sunday of the rally, and he did not get a bachelor party. And I, we literally, he started to drink, and I was like, "Dude, we're driving to Philly," and we we went up for Saturday night. Because I spent the night at his house for the rehearsal and stuff for the weekend. Yeah. So we actually drove him up to that Philly rally for his bachelor party that whole night. Like, <laughs> and then we drove him back. Um, that was definitely a great time. But for as far as like wild times of like 
holy crap, these are some crazy people and I'm all about it. Like there is definitely a crust punk side of me that is like, yes, please let me come sleep on your shitty floor in Philadelphia. I- I'm about that. Um, but it was definitely going to be uh, Legion was going to be the first time I was taken back by how crazy some of the people in the moped scene were and how much of a good time and a good thing that that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, we'll kind of jump around a little bit. Like, you made me think of Maddie Boo and Chelsea for a second. Love those two. Um, they hosted me on my little, oh, love them to death. Um, they, I stayed at their place this summer mm-hmm. and like, I'm bummed out. I didn't ride at all up in your guys' neck of the woods because as I left, I, I saw all these rolling hills. I'm like, fuck, but whatever. Um, what is your, would, I feel like I'm rushing way too much. I'm going to let you keep on telling your story, my guy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, we can just pick some stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. What, Cause I, I actually feel a lot of guilt about when I was younger because I hear all these awesome stories specifically on podcasts like yours and Jason's of like people like, yeah, I was 19. I was young, dumb, full of cum. And I was driving across the country to moped rallies and like, I was too nervous to do that shit. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, I can be a really wild, obnoxious and borderline annoying human being. And I don't even drink alcohol. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I can, I, I was real nervous about driving that far. I mean, also I, probably cause I was driving shit, clapped out in beaver cars. I didn't want to get stuck, <laughs> but if I could take one thing back, it would be do a lot more rallying through my earlier 2010 years. Cause I was staying pretty local. I was doing Philly rallies. I was doing Gettysburg. Uh, I did Mission 23's God Hates Mopeds. Right on. Um, and that's that Mission 23 was in New York, correct? Yeah, I think that might have been their last rally. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah. How was, like, that's interesting to me, and I'm either going to fly out or bring a bike out. How was riding mopeds in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens, wherever it was like? Insane. It yeah. is, it is an arcade game, man. And it is the best thrill. Uh, I love riding open back roads. I love riding windies, but there is a special part in my heart uh, to ride a really torquey V1 bike through stop and go traffic in New York city where everybody's cutting between cars and it, it feels so dangerous but so good at the same time mm-hmm. uh yeah, and yeah. actually that rally i remember it was me and a, an ex-member from back then his name was josiah he he was a hoarder he would buy everybody he could find whether he had money for it or not <laughs> but uh we went up this was the year that philly's rally and the mission 23 rally were on the same weekend Oh, so we went up to Brooklyn for Friday and Saturday and Saturday. As soon as the ride was over, we drove down to Philly, partied Saturday night and did the Sunday ride in Philly. Nice. Uh, that was that was fun. That was a good time because Sunday in Philly is a pretty it's a lazy river, uh, pretty lazy river ride. And it's usually a barbecue at uh, FDR. And it, it's a great time. What's FDR for the us Midwest kids that don't know what that is? Yeah, it's a big old park. Uh, has a skate park in there. Uh, there's a pond. There's like lots of picnic spaces, and it's just a big old windy road that goes through it where you can just stop along. Uh, I don't know if you have to rent the spaces or not, or if you're allowed to just like 
walk up to one of the grills and start going, but that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. And I wanted to say, like, yeah, never mind. I, I'm interjecting way too much on this podcast. No, nah, uh-huh. dude, you're good. Well, like I, I was going to say, you, I was going to say, you, you talked about like, things you regret like not getting out to more stuff like dude i'm totally there with you is that like my 19 to 20 early 30s like i didn't do a lot of shit and like whether it be my anxiety or like always constant like dude i don't drink anymore because i'm a fucking alcoholic and i've been going to meetings since i was 19 and there's always that voice in the back of my head telling like people don't like you like that will always fucking be there no matter what people say like there's always that voice there and like ever since my accident i had i have said fuck it and i'm going to live life and i was talking to somebody else who just um overcame a life life altering thing and i'm like you know what now you get to go live because anybody who's rubbed shoulders with death and you don't have to rub shoulders with death to have this philosophy like go live life go live life now because you don't know when your next day is. And like, that's absolutely, I will say though, man, at least you, I'm glad that you have the love and respect for yourself to be able to admit that you had any kind of issues, but like to work through those. And, you know, that's a big thing, man. And to be able to like, there's always those little things that like, Oh, I'm nobody likes me and all that, but to get all all lovey dovey and philosophical on you. That's, that's not a word. Philosophical is the word. Dude, I understand exactly what you're saying. My guy. I'm, I'm glad you've been able to find that acceptance. That's awesome, man. Well, you know, it's one of those things <laughs> that you have to evolve or you don't. And like, granted, yeah. But um, you got me thinking like, all like as you're talking, like now all I'm thinking about is like riding a moped through um, Times Square. Like that's all like, yeah, yeah. So Parker, I'm probably gonna be out there sometime this summer if you're listening. Ooh, Parker, my boy, the country boy from New York City. Yeah, yeah. B. Parker <laughs> Parker's so fucking kind and rad but like he fucking scared the shit out of me like the first time I had a conversation with him um cuz I didn't know Parker at that moment but now I do and yeah yeah uh <laughs> oh man we're going to talk Parker stories oh the first time I met Parker I'm pretty sure it was it was either at the Legion rally or it was at the Mission 23 rally I immediately did not like him oh shit he was he was wearing like release date Google glasses, awesome. and I was like, "This guy." I, I learned that he's a sweetheart, and I love him all so much. So yeah. it's all it's all good. But I was definitely I, I was judging on that real hard. <laughs> well, like I didn't know anything about Parker, and I met him at the Tampa rally. Everybody, Ooh, the it, big it, one, the big one, and like my ex wife is from Queens, and like. I don't want to throw her under the bus, but like her family, you didn't, you didn't fuck around with her uncle type of deal, just neighborhood shit. Um, so like I had this and I'd been out to New York a few times and remember I'm a kid from a town of 1200 people. So like New York is a major city to me still, blah, blah, blah. And like Shauna told me how to act in New York and that's how I just kind of do. And like I saw Parker and I saw Upjet and I knew they're from New York and I was wearing some apparel and he didn't like the people's who's he, he had some issue with these people and like, he's going on and on about them. Like, dude, is this guy going to fucking start some shit with me? I don't know anybody here. And like, that is so not too wholesome to start some shit. 
Oh, but like, I was just like, what the fuck is like, and I was sleep deprived and I'm just like, so yeah, but no, I love Parker. He's, we ended up eating some Indian food, like in a parking lot. (laughs) And it was like, dude, Parker's Parker's good shit in my world. But, um, I actually, I wanted to get back to you, my guy and, um, talk to me about regular car reviews. Oh my God. So RCR is the man, the myth, the legend. He's a wonderful dude. Yeah. So I actually had two episodes with him. Uh, one of my club members, Logan showed him to me a long time ago. And I saw he likes to do some, some kind of weird, but uh, regular car reviews. Like this, yeah. he was definitely doing some more uncommon ones. Yeah. And at the time I was daily driving a Subaru Loyal and okay. I hit him up. So that that's kind of the introduction to me getting to know him. And so when my buddy who showed them to me, when I, when he heard that he got back to me, I was like, yo, do you want to come with? And he's like, yeah. So Logan, who's in the club now actually did some of the shooting for that video. He actually was setting up the tripod and like holding the camera uh, for uh, uh, Mr. Regular there. And Mm -hmm. from there it evolved to, I was like, man, I see he does motorcycles now too. Mm-hmm. And oh, on the Loyal window, I had like moped stickers. Like there's a Rebel Rouser sticker on the window. And like nice. there's actually, if you look through the comments of the Subaru Loyal video, people were like, hey, I know some of those stickers. Like there's like a <laughs> 1977 sticker. But from that on, I was like, he does motorcycles. I was like, I reached out to him again. I was like, hey, man, like, would you want to do some old mopeds? And he's like, that could be fun. He's like, yeah. we could talk about like the oil crisis and all that and why they gain popularity. And from then I was like, well, let's make this an event. And we, uh, the wizards have always been tight with the graveyard shifters ever since mm-hmm. we met them. They are wonderful boys. And I was like, Maddie, you should come on up. Um, we thought he was going to do the episode on like mopeds as a whole and just kind of go over like the, the whole idea of the oil craze and the moped rush. Mm-hmm. of how everybody was trying to sell mopeds in the 70s but he was like i kind of want to focus in on one bike and maddie had the only like bone stock bike there and it was that tobas they're like this is actually kind of perfect if you want to review a bike because yeah. this is a super common one and then he messed up the engine in the video he calls it an a55 i think when it's an a- yep. it's like an a3 on it yep and like maddie but- kind of did talk about that a little bit he goes dude that guy had so much information just he had like 40 people screaming moped 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 yeah we were all so hyped because there's so many people there and everybody who was there watched the show so yeah he had a notepad and we were just dude we were having a circle jerk of moped talk (laughs) on him yeah yeah it was a great time though i've 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 talked to him and kept up with a few times i've invited him out to come ride so i was like dude i've got a loader man you want to come out uh but he he he, he's a little keeps to himself yeah yeah but yeah he seems re- especially like putting out any type of content like it's it's a weird experience and i can't even imagine on the scale he does like that seems very all-consuming and i'm sure he's a person that likes his downtime if you will oh it's it, it's definitely a full-time job it's gotta be but and anybody and that- and I've po- I've actually posted that uh, episode of regular car reviews with the mopeds on Second Chance Moped Podcast uh, face group, Facebook group page. Like that was one another treat that the East Coast taught me about this summer. Like I didn't know anything about regular car reviews. 
when I was on before the East Coast. And I don't know if it was, I think it was Charlie Buzzard showed me that. And I was just like, holy shit. And he goes, yeah, that's Maddie Boo. Buzzard, baby. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's Maddie Boo. I'm like, dude, you realize I'm going to stay with Maddie and Chelsea here in a few days. And like, it was just, yeah, small. Dude, this moped community is so small and I fucking love it so much. Like, um, even if you don't know everybody, you know everybody. There's something I've been meaning to do for a while now. I, I just got to get a fire lit under my butt to do it. I've got like 1,800 projects that I really want to do. Uh, half of them relating to mopeds. But my mom growing up, my mom was a professional photographer. And I have her camera. And I've been shooting film since I was like 15 years old. We used to have a dark so room rad. in my basement. Awesome. Dude. I have so many photos from like early 2010s. Uh, 2012, 13, 14 rally pictures that are just in photo albums. And I, I, I mean to scan, I need to scan them in and start an Instagram account for like old moped photography because there's just so much cool stuff on there. I have old pictures of like Biggie and Thomas that sometimes when I'm going through my old photo albums, if I find a picture, an old picture of somebody I'm friends with still, I'll send it to them and be like, hey, remember this shit? Awesome. Um, but uh because i remember i have a picture with benji from treatland he uh mm-hmm. he i've seen of- a picture of benji and i will never reveal where it's at on the internet because he is somebody i've come to understand that wants to be private and that's awesome and he deserves yeah that. yeah he uh he came out to one of angel's moped rallies in gettysburg apparently he had family in virginia he was visiting that weekend he just came up and popped in without telling anybody Dude, that's so he, like, rad. he came up. We were the the Gettysburg rally. We were at a KOA. Everybody had their own individual tents. Like he just walked up. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm Benji." <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, "Yeah, I own Treatland." It's like, "Yeah, oh, you're you're the guy, the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude." <laughs> um, but uh, he's, dude, that's he's, super I, rad. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to do all that with getting those photos uploaded. Uh. But yeah, Benji's a great guy. He recently sent me uh, a Minerali C2 crank to test. So that was fun. I got to prototype nice. one of those. Nice. Yeah, um, I can. I, I remember the first, and I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hush. That's all. I'm going to hush. Oh, you got some secret part tech too? No, 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 no. I, I just, I, I hate, I hate being that person, but like just the first time I received an email from Benji, I was like, holy fuck. And it was just on a, it was just on a clerical error because of a part they didn't have an inventory and like do yeah. that. And like, I was just like, Mother- okay. Um, but okay. Let me ask you, we'll get back to a little more Q and a, um, yeah. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done because of mopeds? Who because of mopeds, it can be funny or absolutely blood boiling. irate dumb dealers Ooh, uh, option I, are both three three times i have built bikes and uh i go on a ride with some friends and i like i'm doing maintenance or whatever and i forgot to put my master clip on on my chain oh it, it just uh, yep that, that's happened at least three times to me so that's always fun <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but uh I think I'd circle back around to when we were talking about like traveler's guilt, the wizards, actually, we've made it a point in the last two years now to try, or I guess I I could say last two years, it was only one year because 2020, 
But uh, we've been trying to make at least one rally as a group uh, at least 10 hours away to try to get out there more. Well, I tell you what, before you keep on with that, you need to get to Kansas City this summer because I know of a ride that's going to happen at least. It might not be a rally rally, but it's going to be a ride. And I'm calling my friend out who talked about that. And I think she should do it earlier rather than later. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a ride at least. And I can't guarantee a place to stay. I can't guarantee uh, anything. But Kansas City, besides St. Paul, is a, it's a river city, man. So like anytime you're in a river city, you're going to no have a good roads. ride. No straight <laughs> roads, dude. You're going to have a good ride. So yeah, man. Cause like we, of course we go to Pittsburgh and like, we've been trying to make some further rallies, but uh, we went to St. Louis in 2019. That was absolutely phenomenal. And like headbutted a parking lot attendant for me. That was nice. great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out baby boy Conan. It was good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So last year we were trying to go to Chicago. We're definitely still trying to go to Chicago this year. If we, uh, COVID permitting. Um, I personally, my fiance is an RN in uh, the emergency room at a local hospital. And I really can't, I can't preach to be smart and do good things and then travel around and be a complete hypocrite of myself. But I did just learn today that because I'm fat, I qualify for the COVID vaccine in Pennsylvania. That's fucking <laughs> rad, dude, because I am so, again, I'm not going to, I try to stay away from politics on here, but like I, if you, if you follow me on Facebook and you follow my posts, like I am as li- I'm left as I'm pretty left. We'll say that, but like, I'm Let, very, yeah, sure. I, I'm very annoyed with our government here because they haven't given us any fucking real information about the vaccine, like uh, for like test for like when we can get it and whatnot. And because I've had some heart things done, I'm thinking about calling my cardiologist say, Hey, I have underlying issues. Can I get in on the jump ahead in the list? Cause dude, I had a fucking torn aorta. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, apparently we're in phase one a right now, but yeah. apparently if your BMI is over 30, now I said, because I'm fat, I I'm like, I'm a C hair under six foot and I'm only, I'm two thirty. I'm, I'm not a huge dude, but no. my BMI is 32. So apparently I qualify and I'm definitely going to try to hop on that here pretty soon. Fuck yeah, dude. Cause uh, I, I totally agree with you. Like getting out there and doing your thing, but as much as you said, you know, like I want to do my thing and I want to go see my friends, which I absolutely do. I also don't want me doing my thing to possibly hurt other people and be the end of their thing. So I I think there's a lot of responsibility that goes into that. Like RVA, man, next week, I want to go to that so bad. Uh, Two of my members are talking about going, but like I can't bring myself to do it because I I, I can't justify being hypocritical, saying I want to be safe. I want to, you know, I wear my masks when I'm at work, even when I'm not around people. I try to do the best I can. I stay home when I can. You know, yeah, our shop nights, we've, we've been encouraging, you know, making sure people mask up. You know, granted, everybody's got beers and masks come down to drink your beer and whatnot but it feels hypocritical in 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 my head to preach all that and then be like all right going to rva see you later guys well i think we're all hypocrites in a way when it comes to that stuff because i'm a i'm a preacher of masks i get annoyed when i see people walk into a store with a mask below their nose 
but oh, the chin I, diaper. oh dude it's like what the <laughs> fuck like it's but like i go places i leave the state i do all this stuff but i'm always wearing a mask and like i'm not in large crowds and like i i'm a weird um outgoing introvert like i have to be around people but i don't want to talk to anybody so like i know the exact same thing man i love going to county fairs sitting down grabbing a funnel cake and some shitty food and just watching <laughs> yeah, yeah my guy like yeah that's my that's my jam right there dude like so, when social- you see me at a rally you will see me just like sitting in like on a bench somewhere like just fucking smiling dude watching the dance like i fucking scan, love it man. so much it is it is absolutely people watching is is some of the best entertainment out there specifically when you're around such a diverse group of people mm-hmm. uh but yeah when it let's 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 get these shots boys and let's go kiss our homies on the mouth let's go <laughs> exactly um you talked so, about I'm you- definitely definitely hoping for that this this summer you know i, I want to make rallies man I, as soon as i can deem it safe and not hypocritical for myself i am trying to travel all over the place you know chicago i definitely want to hit I, I wanted to try to hit texas this year mm-hmm. i've been to texas once i hate the heat it's 70 degrees out if i think too hard i start sweating but you know i met some of the shanks in st louis they were awesome dudes i want to go support them i want to get down there and like the wizards because we're trying to go uh our one our one uh, member logan had put it we want to try to make it to one one rally on the other side of the mississippi every year you know to try to make it out there well um, wizards the, i can tell you this if they ever have a rally in minnesota you guys always have a place to stay here on the right side of the river but guess right, what you dude? heard it here folks the next wizards rallies in minnesota <laughs> <laughs> but dude you know what the problem is i'm on the west side of the mississippi or the east side i'm on your side of the mississippi because oh, that's it wouldn't work then man <laughs> nah dude <laughs> but we'll cross it to get over uh over to minneapolis so it'll good enough, good enough. that counts <laughs> um what is not necessarily a club, but Nate, what's the farthest you've ever been for a rally? Not that would have you, been that would have been St. Louis or Kalamazoo because we have gone up for the building gather uh, before. Um, I don't know which one was actually further mileage wise, but I think St. Louis was more hours wise. I think we were actually tied at St. Louis for the furthest travel to get there. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But. That because that's one thing we applied this year to become official. Uh, hashtag get in the first year. What's up? Um, <laughs> uh, that was one thing we kind of got hounded for. They're like, hey, what Mopin Army official clubs have you supported their rallies? And then we kind of went, huh, yeah, Mission 23. Because <laughs> <laughs> like all of our clubs until that point, of course, Mopit, but like Mopit wasn't official at that point, like when we when their first rally happened, you know, like lgn they they're grom gay and for a while we were thinking of going like just grom for life man you know it, it we didn't feel the need to be a part of it but tom and i specifically wanted to push for more of the whole sentiment of it's kind of a badge of honor in a way of you know the people that you respect and are knowledgeable respect and acknowledge that you are also knowledgeable and a good player in the game and you know we've been playing the game for 10 years so why not give it a shot yeah um you know the wizards has been around for so long so we were just like hey let's go for it and you know we got in and our brother club you know the graveyard shifters you know uh we both got in this year and it's a great time man 
I would like to point out that um, they were on second or they were on Moped Monday podcast like two years ago when they tried to get in and they didn't get yeah. in. But then they were on Second Chance Moped podcast and they got in that year. I just want to point that out to everybody. So like, is there a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Prove me so, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- the facts are facts and science is science. So whatever. That is right. <laughs> um what is the coolest thing you've ever done in mo yeah what is in the mopeds or on a moped in in, <laughs> in mopeds like on in or around like what's like that that like just the coolest thing that you can like it doesn't have to be a wizard thing it can be a nate thing like whether it's meeting your girlfriend or like i i don't know dude I'm, like I'm st- I'm still trying to get her on one, man. My, I, I've, I've been with her for five years. I got her to ride one a couple times. She had a really bad quad accident when she was real young. So she gets uh, real yeah. nervous about it. So we're, we're slowly working on that. It happens. But I'd say the, the coolest thing I've probably done in mopeds, I don't know, because I don't really consider myself a super cool person. <laughs> Well, um, you know not, what? not Actually, like cool as in like AC Slater from Saved by the Bell cool, but like <laughs> you sit back and like are amazed. Probably putting on uh, putting on our, our first rally. Um, okay. When me and Tom pitched the idea of wanting to do Gettysburg, because once again, we had been a club for eight years and we had only hosted a couple of big group rides. Like we never tried to get out there. We were more so for the longest time, we were happy just being the visitors, happy being the dudes who are really cool with the moped army guys, you know? So when we actually at first pitched it, me and Tom, not everybody was on it. It was like, ah, but what if this, but what if that? What if we can't get the campground? What if we get kicked out of the campground? That almost <laughs> happened one year for the Gettysburg rallies. But in our reality, coming through, man, like some of the pictures I have from that rally, like I- I'm super, I'm super proud of it. You know, like that was definitely something where it was like we we took every step we could, and I haven't heard a single person complain about the rally, you know. Mm-hmm. And some we might not continue Gettysburg. We actually might try to move it here to Lancaster. Um, and this is a so this is a hush. You heard it here first, folks. It's nothing set in stone. But I did reach out to Mopit and Legion because rallies might not be safe until later this year. And should that be a thing, there might be. This is not a hundred percent. There might be a Pennsylvania Super Rally. Dude, and I'm all about the thumbs up on that because, again, I'm not in a club. I'm not prospecting. I'm nothing. I cannot stress this enough to clubs that listen to us. Do for at least a year or two, let's try to do some super rallies because I remember looking at the 2020 calendar, and I actually jokingly made a thing. I was calling it the line because literally from Minneapolis to Richmond, was a straight line through the country I could hit through rallies. Like, there were so many rallies. And, like, I love rallies, and I love seeing people, but, like, why not have a super rally a month and we get a couple, two, three hundred people there versus, like, rallies every weekend and you have 15 to 20 people there. Just an idea. The moped super spreaders. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
no, for real, I actually really, that dynamic is something that kind of stinks in my opinion. Um, I'm a tattooer. I work Fridays and Saturdays. So for me to attend rallies, I have to take off work. I don't get paid time off. I don't get vacation time. I don't get sick time. If I'm going to a moped rally, I'm actively losing money. Yep. And not only that, it's I'm a private contractor, but that doesn't mean I can take off. Hey, I, every weekend this month, I'm gone. Like <laughs> I, I do owe a certain amount of respect to the shop and being there to take walk-ins and, you know. Yep. But in Pennsylvania alone, we have three groups that throw yearly rallies. Like theoretically could be throwing yearly rallies. We have Mopit, Legion, and now us. And even Mad Brapper's talking about doing something. Yeah. And I, because I, I originally had talked to them about trying to space it where like one of us would take June, we skip a month, one of us take a month, one of us skip a month, and one of us ends on October. Um, that way, because you do get a diminishing return when rallies are super close together, you know, uh, most people can't take off three weekends in a row to go do rallies. They're going to pick one. And if we, we spend all this time and we spend all this money and effort, to put on these events to have a turnout of only 40, 50 people. I, I think 80 to hundred was our first rally, but if, if that would have been half that, it still would have been a blast, but it would have felt not maybe like it wasn't worth it, but everybody wants to throw a bang. Let, let's mm-hmm. be real. I know a lot of uh, clubs tend to trade off years. And I think that's actually a great idea. But I also don't think there should be any real rules to it of like, oh, you can only throw a rally if you're an official club to get put on the calendar. That way there's not too many because that's just dumb. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely a balance to be struck there of like, yeah, you look at the rally calendar, man, and it, it, it'll it get to the point where every weekend from March to, you know, August, there's something's going on somewhere, which is cool to an extent because not everybody from the East coast can make it to a West coast rally. And sometimes it's a bunch of West coast or Midwest stuff happening, Mm -hmm. but the East coast specifically is kind of super condensed, you know, it is. So I feel like I'm hoping actually that I, cause I like that idea too, man, of like the super rallies of clubs getting together. Mopeds are changing. Prices are changing. Like Mm -hmm. I think if if mopeds keep growing, you know, we got to kind of change and evolve with that. Um, you know, it only took what two years of Facebook Marketplace existing for people to think that the Clapdown Max is worth seven hundred dollars because somebody <laughs> else posted theirs for seven hundred. And I hate that dynamic. I'll bump heads on certain bikes with people because some people are like, "Oh man, that's a stock Magnum, and you want fourteen hundred for that?" Man, if it's clean, it'll catch it. Mm-hmm. Like there are two two very very distinct sides of me when it comes to bikes. I'd love to hear your opinion on this too. Um. It kind of struck me one day. I'm actually in the middle of doing a museum quality restoration on a Motron trike. Okay. And like I, uh, right out of high school, I did chrome plating for a living. My dad still does. Um, he has been a metal polisher for 25 years. Fucking awesome. Um, so I get chrome plating done cheap or free sometimes, which is super tight hookup. So if you need stuff chrome plated, boys, hit me up. I can get you a deal. Yeah. Uh, Brandy's is the largest uh, show chrome uh, plant on the East Coast. We do real good stuff. But either way, aside from that, like, there is definitely a, a big line between the consumer market and then the uh, the collector's market for what mopeds are. Because it hit me one day, man. I was like, there are decent odds that I'm going to see some of these bikes turn 100 years old, which was mm-hmm. so cool to me. Yeah. And it was like, 
when it comes down to it, dude, there is a big old chunk of my heart that says, Spider-Man Black, jumping off curves, have fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so about that. But I feel like there is, there's plenty of bikes out there that have already been completely wrecked that are perfect candidates for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like people want to get mad because stock clean bikes are going to be going for seven, eight hundred dollars. And like honestly, I think some of them deserve it. Some, you know, a, a really clean, like mid condition maxi. That's that. If somebody's asking twelve hundred dollars for it, I'll nod my head and say, yeah, somebody will probably pay that. You know, being in other hobbies and collectibles, like I do Magic the Gathering, you know, there are cards, pieces of cardboard worth thousands of dollars. And yep. on the online, their online forms, at least it's. What's the price of this card? Well, the price of that card is whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. But that's, once again, you're getting to the consumer versus the collector market there because the whole draw to mopeds was the accessibility. And that's, mm-hmm. honestly, that's why I love the idea of the cheap, shitty bikes that you just keep within the groups and keep rolling around. But it stinks because I have also, if I buy a bike, any bike I've ever sold, I have done a complete engine rebuild on cables chains tubes tires because i want to get the best return out of it and i you know i'll sell my bikes for 800 dollars. but then me doing that makes other people see that price tag they think they're clapped out bikes worth 800 dollars, and overall raises prices so it's it's a battle you can't really win there um of also and now that it's gotten to the point where there's so many people out there doing that uh where they think their bikes are worth so much there's nobody stopping uh, if I offer a cheap running bike up for a good, really cheap, affordable price, like around here, a running bike will fetch a minimum of 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, and that, now that doesn't happen often. Most people are like, oh, the bike runs, it's $600 and you can beat them over the head with a club sometimes and get them down to 400, you know? Yep. But when it comes down to it, there's nothing stopping anybody from buying your cheap, fairly priced bike and throwing it back to the marketplace the next day. We've seen it, you know? Yeah, and that's that's just profiteers trying to cash in on mopeds and the vintage nostalgia wave of people. Man, oh, that's a cool little motorbike. I bet that's worth a whole lot of money. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. There, there's a whole conversation that can be had about that because I'm all about restorations and preserving some of the cooler, older stuff. That you know, like sometimes it's even stupid stuff. Like when I say stupid stuff, I mean like the stuff nobody wants. Right now in Facebook Marketplace, there is a really clean Jawa, and I, I kind of want to buy it because, like, Jawas like, are adorable. Clean. Like, they're adorable they to me. Are, that, man. Box, that boxy cylinder, and like, I know I bought one la- a couple years ago, and it just sat in my basement for a year because I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with this. So I sold it to the Jawa guy of the Minneapolis community, and I sold it to him for what I paid for it because. If you want to make money on mopeds, that's awesome. I'm not here to make money on mopeds. I'm just hopefully not losing money. Like I sold a, um, I got a Hobbit that had been passed around basically to a couple different mopeders in the Minneapolis community. And I got it. It was locked up. It hadn't ran forever and ever. I cleaned the tank out. I had another stock bottom end of a motor. I got that going. I put it on. I think I paid 160 bucks for the bike, but I cleaned the bike up. I got the motor running. I rewired it. I put a headlight on it and it had a title and I put it up for sale for 450 bucks. 
and everybody super fair. That is super fair. You probably had the a guy, flood in your inbox. Oh yeah, I couldn't. It was like I was giving it away. But the guy came, and I wanted to get beaten down. I did because like again, I didn't. I cleaned it up, but I didn't repaint anything. And I told the guy, and I put a promo pipe on it that I had that was used. And I told the guy, I put 450 bucks. I go, all I want is 400 for it. And like, to me, like, yeah, did I make 200 bucks? Not really, because I I did buy a headlight for it. There was a promo pipe on it and I did rewire it. And I put a voltage regulator on it because I rewired it. Like maybe I made 50 bucks by the time. And, and I'm yeah. just talking about parts, not labor wise. I lost my ass. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, your time is worth something. It's not like, Oh, you're not allowed. Nobody's allowed to profit off of mopeds. Yeah. I have totally bought like a clapped out hundred dollar bike. You know, I put 300 into it, but I'll, I'll sell it and I'll still make a hundred or 200 bucks on it. And you know, that money just goes into my bikes. Cause you know, I don't got a whole, I don't got that adult money yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, 26 and I don't got that adult money. <laughs> oh dude. I didn't get adult money till like, my early thirties. So don't feel bad. Um, and I go back and forth with it, dude, because like, I want this to grow and I want the young kids to get into it. I didn't get into mopeds. I want people like you in high school to get into it. I didn't really get into mopeds till my thirties. And like, I, I knew how to turn a wrench. Obviously you've listened to the podcast, blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I, I go back and forth with that. Like, and I agree with you. If you do a full on restoration and you do everything mint, yeah, that bike's probably worth 1500 bucks, two grand, whatever. Um, I don't, I personally, me, I don't never want to own a nice bike because I want to fucking, <laughs> I don't necessarily jump the curb, but I want to fucking rip dude. And like, I don't want to worry about scratch. Try it, up. try it sometime. <laughs> the, the best moped you can have is a moped that you do not give a single shit about. Oh, dude, I like, run oh, dirty oh, hobbits. My, somebody, oh, somebody drop kicked my bike over. Whatever, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually funny because I do not own one of those bikes at the moment. Uh, oh, I've dude. been looking around for uh, me and uh, Tom specifically in our club has been all about stock bikes recently, and mm -hmm. I'm about it too because stock bike with a pipe, man. It, you just have fun on it. You don't have to worry about it, you know. Dude, ride I, I it for like five so to ten people. minutes. Ride it for five it's to ten minutes, and you just get so fucking annoyed. Like I, nah, dude, man. I was, I, I was there with not you. For us. Okay, rock nah, and roll, dude, man. No, we're about at thirty miles an hour, having fun with the boys. But <sighs> that's awesome. Like seriously, like I have to go forty now. Like I don't know. Like, speaking, speaking of the youths, though, as, as you were saying. We actually have a, a hangaround in our shop recently that has been kind of fun. Uh, it's a weird coincidence, but if we jump back to the beginning, uh, Jonah, his younger brother, who just turned 16, has been hanging out in our shop, and he bought a Tomos. Dude, that's uh, awesome. We've been, we, helped him, we helped him rebuild and kit it. He was riding it before he even had his permit, and he got, he got popped, uh, so that was fun. We uh, we. <laughs> We, we stopped letting him ride with us. We were like, yo, man, like, we got to be the responsible adults here. Like, made me feel real old. And I'm not yeah. even that old. I was like, you're not allowed to ride with us. And he got real upset about it. And we were like, dude, it is not worth getting your license suspended until you're 18 to come on a moped ride with us. Yeah. So we actually, we helped him. We pushed him to study and go. He has his permit now, so now we'll let him ride with us. Awesome, uh, you know. So, so pat on the back to us for being good, good, good mentors. 
for, well, for a little like 16. Well, it's like that <laughs> thing. You know, how many times can I get a kid go to the party house and get a minor before the adults kick him out and like, hey, dude, come back when you're old enough type of deal. Like, that never exactly. happened to me. Never once. Um, let me ask you this. Like, and I, I, I did ask, I do ask, and I sometimes ask people this. We talked about the smile ride, but like, when's the first time you felt that? I, I like to. I are you gonna I ask when I cooed on my bike? Yeah, like that touch in the sky <laughs> for the first time, dude. Like, when was the first time like you fucking really? I don't know if it's the addiction of mopeds really sink in or like. I don't know what it is, dude. Like we all feel it, but like, and I got it from Tron, like Tron's knocking on the sky, but like when was the first time you just felt that warm, like fucking everything's right with the world. You ever ride next to somebody and your pipes start to harmonize. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's a good one. That's a good one. In all honesty, anytime there's more than 20 people in a pack riding, just being able to like, Float your way to the back and see 20 barely working taillights in front of you. Probably more like 18. <laughs> There's probably at least two that aren't working. Uh, taillights in front of you and everybody on the street is whipping their heads around. That's a good feeling. You know, as dorky as you look on a moped, you feel so cool. <laughs> Fucking A right, you dude. Fucking A right. Yeah. You know, me and me and Charlie have been chopper boys for a long time, so we already get attention by ourselves. And everybody's like, what's that thing? That That's dumb looking. <laughs> Dude, I remember the first time I never saw a chopper bike until again, both tempo really. And I remember, and I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a welder dude by trade. So like, I understand fabrication and whatnot. And Charlie, the, but I, I slept in the parking lot all weekend. Cause like I got there and like the first night I was there, I couldn't find a fucking hotel that wasn't booked for some goddamn reason in Tampa. And then I find one, it's like 160 bucks for the night. I'm like, what? And then they're like, yeah, you have to be out by 11. It's 4 a.m. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, so that's why I decided to sleep in the parking lot all night. But like the buzzards happen to pull up right by me. So like, I see this clapped out looking chopper bike. I'm like, how in the fuck does that thing not fall apart? So Anytime, if you look at Charlie's pictures from the Tampa rally and there's that Nissan SUV in the parking lot, that was my bed for the weekend. That was my rental gotcha. vehicle. Yeah, no, I got the, it's a Crydler actually, but I, I used a Harbor Freight Flux Core MIG welder to oh, zap a A35 Christ. onto it. Oh. oh, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I rhinestoned the cases. They're iced out. Uh, it's got... Nice all kinds of welded stuff on it um i made my forks myself by taking some black plumber's pipe and just shoving it up in there and welding it fast (laughs) so it's actually fun because i was always a fan of uh choppers how sometimes they have a kick out at the front wheel Mm -hmm. because that's how the springer mechanism works i didn't know that i actually cut my forks angled it and welded it again and i've been riding on those for five plus years and they have no cracks in them whatsoever dude that's so fucking rad <laughs> now I, I i had upgraded the welder from that i, I had a, a miller gas mig then when i was doing that so i at least got that stuff to go in there <laughs> yeah i was gonna say dude you had i was i didn't want to call you out too much but i'm thinking my back of my head like i've welded with those things and granted i can make a weld but like 
yeah. <laughs> Grinder and paint makes me a welder. I ain't. <sighs> That's so funny. <laughs> like we've got some very talented machinists where I work, but like every once in a while they'll grab the welder and weld and like they'll spend, then they'll spend like half the day fucking grinding their shit. And I'm like, okay, so you're a grinder, not a welder, huh? And like they get so yeah. pissed at me. <laughs> That's actually, so as a, I actually have slowly been entering the realm of machining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a part-time job as a CNC and manual operator at uh, a local mom and pop machine shop. As uh, Ever since I started tattooing, I've always kept a part-time job. And this mm-hmm. is just for, uh, basically, so I don't have to pay any taxes and it's guaranteed income because, you know, tattooing, there are days that I make $0 an hour. And that's great. Yep. Um, but I actually got a job there because they were helping, they were the only people around willing to help me make custom moped parts. I was like, Hey, uh, I did a rear wheel, a disc brake swap on my chopper. I put a BMW rear wheel on it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, I need the spacer made. Here's a, here's some drawings. And they're like, okay. And I was like, wait, you actually do it. And the one time I walked in there, cause their mom and pop shop, they they would do singles. And I walked in there. I was like, Hey, you guys need some part-time help. They're like, actually we do. And I've been I've been whipping up some moped parts in there like literally every week. Uh, I recently just actually bringing up Parker again. I actually uh, helped Parker out. Uh, I figured out how to convert a Minerali C2 to do the one way bearing, so you can get rid of your starter shoes. Because mm-hmm. the the Minerali C2 is basically it's a Minerali Derby engine. It, it's the same setup as a Derby where you have the dual variated drivetrain, but it runs back through the engine to a chain final drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've had three of those throughout my life. I've sold one, uh, four, I have four of them. I imported one from Norway last year. Nice, dude. Uh, yeah, I got a Tempo Avanti. Hey, if anybody wants a Minerali C2 with a subframe and those cool two-piece five-star wheels, uh, let me know because I'm, I'm probably trying to get rid of them here soon. I'm going to rebuild the C2 and do that. So let, let me know. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. Definitely hitting eight up. Um no, I'm totally blanking on stuff right now. Um, no, I mean, what's what's head. what's um 2021 like? Let's all say because I I'm gonna again I try to keep this least topical as possible, but I promise yeah. you I saw a news report today that the new projection is they're gonna have enough vaccines for everybody by the fourth of July. That's what the hey man. If that okay, so, happens and we can all be together, what you, what are your 2021 goals, plans, whatever, if things work case, out? Best case Ontario is going to be I like that. absolutely uh, – it's going to be Chicago. I'm probably going to try to make it out to Texas because screw it. I'm going to try – I'm, I'm going to try to hit two, two rallies a month, you know, because the truth is, like, I'm fiending over here. I'm, like, itching my neck, like – Anybody got a rally pack around here? Like, what's up? <laughs> so, because we we have, you you asked about it earlier about organized stuff. Three years ago, we started doing organized every Tuesday of shop night. So mm-hmm. we've been doing. I don't. I think maybe once in three year span has it been like nobody shows up for shop night. And shop night is just my garage. Uh, Logan also lives with me. Uh, he's my roommate, so it's our garage, and we just kind of we load out all of our space. It's it's one of those things of. Uh, we let everybody keep their stuff here who doesn't have a workspace of their own. And Dude, that's it gets real cl- it, it gets cluttery. <laughs> oh, dog's barking. Somebody's outside. <laughs> hey, hey. 
This is a professional podcast, (laughs) puppy. You can't hear me, but whatever. She don't get that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so best case Ontario, it's going to be rally time all the time as much as I physically can because, you know, when it comes down, like I said, taking off work can be a hassle, but I want to make that happen as much as I can. You know, I want to hit up RBA. You know, Maddie just moved down there, so that gives me another reason to go down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also works out that my fiance and Chelsea are like BFFs. Nice. So they love each other. That's great. It works out in my favor. <laughs> but well, when it comes to Maddie to and Chelsea, up. they're fucking always welcoming and loving people. Anyways, like Maddie and I had a weird first time meeting each other again. The goddamn Tampa rally. I hate to talk about it so much. Like, yeah. Hey, man, it's a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. Um, but sorry for interrupting you, my guy. Oh man, I was just blabbering on about me really wanting to go to moped rallies as long as I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as far as 2021 and mopeds goes, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to buy another stock bike for myself. That'd be fun. Uh, finish my trike restoration that's been going on for five years now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask me about my jet boat bike I was gonna build for wet wet that's still on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the old, I'll get to it next month. <laughs> Dude, and I think I'm stealing the subframe for that for uh, the Baker's Dozen now. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got the project that never ends. I mean, that's technically all mopeds if we're going to be real. Yeah, yeah. But... I'm proud I have two running bikes. So, <laughs> that's that's the goal. Always keep two running bikes. Absolutely. So, I think... I got a little advert here, something I've been cooking up for a while in the moped community. And that is, I think there's been three of them now that I am aware of. Uh, moped zines, like little little paper zines, you know, like uh, little, little short magazines. But they've always been, the ones that I've seen, like I have, uh, which one do I have here? I don't remember. I, I have like two different versions of them. Because there was the official moped magazine, and then there was oh, one of the ladies in RVA did one, and I have a, a copy of that one. But I realized that, like, when it comes and people content, you guys in the podcast world, you guys have this on lock. Like, you guys are doing great with it, like, as far as getting old people's stories out there and like cool, fun events of cool stuff that's happened, like getting to know some of the people online a little better. That, like, like, the amount of times I've seen Graham on Moped Army, you know, seen him commenting, having conversations with him in comments and not knowing him. It was cool to hear him, you know, on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the, the magazines always tried to do that stuff too. And I feel like it was kind of blown out. So I've actually been working on setting up a completely art-related uh, artists within the Moped community. Um, trying awesome. to set up a, a little zine there. So... I am looking for 13 artists at the moment. Um, we're going to be doing 15 total, myself included, and Angel has already agreed to uh, want to come in and help and contribute. So it's going to be a little art project that's going to run for a little over two years. So get ready to buckle down and buckle in because uh, I want to do bi-monthly. Um, so every other month. So I don't know if that's bi-monthly. Is bi-monthly twice a month or is that every other month? Uh, bi-monthly is every other month. So let's do, yeah, bi-monthly then. Every other month, it would be... Uh, I think so. I think we're going to say that. No, dude, we're on a we're podcast right now. 
bi-monthly. No, <laughs> fuck that shit, dude. Because what you know, Tom Thomas always says what you said on podcast is church. So if that's not right, I will hear from it from about four fucking people at like seven a.m. on a Saturday. Because that's we do. Yeah, it's great. I love it. No, I love. And why I'm not wrapping you up, my guy. But just if you made it this far in the podcast, don't forget to don't ever ever shy away from email me at second chance a moped podcast i'm totally fucked up and that's not the actual email oh, address man, we have been, i've been blabbering for a while haven't i oh, oh no worries my guy i love it um jason kept going three hours dude i'll go as long as people want um but i am trying <laughs> to look up my own god dang email um second chance moped at gmail.com again second chance moped at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at second chance pod, second chance pod on Instagram, or just look us up on Facebook, second chance, a moped podcast. There's a group and there's a page and whatever, get a hold, comment me. If you do a little research, you can figure out my first and last name. That's not that hard, but I'm going to make <laughs> you guys do the research. So again, get at me if you want to, if you want to give me free shit, I'm always willing to take that. And I've got some, moped rich calendars coming there's possibly some new merch coming and yeah i just again i can't some people posted i st- i'm still amazed you guys the reception i've gotten and yeah i just feel a lot of gratitude every time i actually look at the viewership and like oh my god that many people listen to the silly little thing i thought up probably this time last year but sorry for interrupting you and your art project mate so but yeah the the magazine i'm trying to do 15 artists it would be uh 14 pages worth of material and one person every month would get the cover Uh, is this gonna be a sorry for is this gonna be a digital magazine or a print magazine this is gonna be a full print magazine i'm trying to get the covers made real nice i was trying to look into screen printing for or a silk screening for a while for the covers um but I'm looking for 13 artists who want to submit something at least once every other month to be in this magazine. And I have a couple ideas. If you don't know what to do, I think it'd be rad if somebody made some kind of moped comic, uh, a bi-monthly, you can do a couple comics because every artist gets a full page. So you just gotta give me a full page worth of material. If you take a bunch of Polaroids of you and your homies at your shop or when you're doing rides and you wanna just submit a bunch of uh, pictures on like a collage kind of deal, uh, you could do, I've seen some really gnarly, fun, illustrated uh, how-to guides. Uh, most of them were like motorcycle related. It was like how to change your tire. And it was like these gremlin hands, with, like long nails, and, like digging the spoons underneath this bead. And the tires got like a bandaid on it and like duct tape. There's like eight broken spokes. That's but like so you want to awesome. do an illustrated how-to or even just a painting. Like I, I would love to see a bunch of different community through the artwork, you know, like I'm going to be reaching out to some of the other artists that I know of in the moped community asking if they want to join, but every artist would get a cover month. This would also be a paid gig. Ooh. Ooh. So it's not a whole lot, but these, these zines would be a little more expensive than the regular one because I want to ensure that every artist would get a cut of what it would be. And that would, uh, I was going to do, 100 issues limited run of each uh print and it would be i think it i did it to like 50 cents per artist per issue so it'd be like you'll, you'll get 50 bucks for what you submitted that month and you'll eventually get the cover month and after everybody gets a cover month bring it to a close 
And Benji has actually already, uh, he uh, offered to buy the first hundred issues of the first uh, thing, if we can get the ball rolling. That's so awesome. If you, if you do art stuff and you want to do a art something every month, whether you want to write some comics or you want to just paint a moped, maybe you're really good at watercolors. Maybe you're really bad at watercolors. Dude, I am, I heard it before, shitty art is better than no art. And some <laughs> of my favorite artists I, I, they're not shitty they're, but it's like they are not talented traditionally but the effort is there and mm-hmm. they put out a ton of stuff and it's like dude half your stuff I look at and it makes me smile and that's cool and I like this like all this art has to do is provoke emotion even if it's like not a great one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's awesome do wants- you is this just a it sounds like it's more of a more than a germ of an idea do you are you guys looking at um a I hate to say Facebook group, but do you have any type of media out there for this um, snowball of an idea? Cause it sounds like you're picking up some momentum with it. Is there a digital website that we can I have been crunching numbers because I wanted to take it seriously. Cause I was like, man, if I try to free ball, this it's going to turn out like shit. But uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to the wizards, Instagram, which is wizards underscore MPC, I think there's an underscore. It's either an underscore or a dash. If you just look up wizards, MPC will come up and you're interested, just send me a DM. You know, it. when it comes down to it, it's I got to find all the artists. I got to come up with a name. Uh, and then it's getting the print made because the interior pages, I'm just going to be doing with some nice glossy photo paper. It's going to be a full-sized magazine as in uh, 11 by 8.5. So be ready. Mm-hmm. You got to format that for me. I can't do all the groundwork. <laughs> but uh, when it comes down to it, if you want to reach out to me over that Instagram account, uh, me and Tom are the ones who run it, but I'll make sure I try to get all the messages that are related to that. But once we get enough artists, that's when the actual project can begin. But the only thing I wanted to request is that no matter what you're submitting, like I said, whether it's a comic, whether it's illustrated how-to, whether it's just a collage, it just has to be moped related in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a friend, or I mean, hell, if you want to change it every month, I don't care. Like, give me a, just give me a something. Like, I feel like looking through some of these old magazines or re-listening to some of these old podcasts and seeing the things that people have contributed is mm-hmm. really a kind of rewarding thing. So if you want to be a part of that, man, I think that'd be dope. Just hit me up. Wizards. And it is, uh, <laughs> the Instagram page is wizards underscore MPC. You did have it correct. Um, awesome. And I will have to make one suggestion, and I believe he's still a listener to the podcast. Uh, Mr. Titty Bats is. Oh yeah, pro- he's on my like, list, <laughs> dude. He, I, I, I won't. I, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, we'll talk later. Um, but yeah, dude, that's fucking rad, and that's exciting. I'm always telling people, uh, or not always, but I do always encourage people. If you have something you want to contribute to mopeds, whether it's a magazine, that's um moped related or it's a podcast or it's a song or it's whatever like do it here's like, my moped I, song yeah well <laughs> dude they're fucking you know you heard brute squad you heard oh jason God, thomas the bull jason jason <laughs> is having way too much fucking fun with the moped tiktok and that is fucking rad as shit like i think it's hilarious more people need to get on it if i had more time in my day like I would definitely do that. And if I was creative like Jason, I would definitely do that. Um, But dude, that that. is really exciting. Um, So yeah, everybody, although I know there's tons, if not hundreds 
of artists in the moped community. So you definitely need to reach out to uh, the Wizards Moped at the Instagram. Um, <laughs> I you got me excited, and I'm fucking stuttering because I'm tired as hell. But no, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad it's riling up some kind of emotion in people. You know, like yeah, dude. It, well, it's this been is depressing. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I try not, you know me, I try to always keep a very positive spin here. Um, this seems to be a little more ground, grassroots in the moped community than other attempts to uh, moped magazines, if you will. Um, I mean, man, I've heard other people say it and I fully agree, you know, when it comes down to it, the people are like, it half, if not more than half of the reason I still love mopeds as much as I do, mm-hmm. you know? community is a great thing and there's some silly wild people out there and i love all of you yeah yeah um dude you got me excited again for just the creativity (laughs) that we have in the moped community but it is getting late my guy and you are definitely guests that i'm gonna have to have on another time um i hate to wrap this up a little short but i think we're gonna have to because I'm tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, I get you. So, Nate, thank you so much for coming on Second Chance Moped Podcast. And don't forget, my guy, mopeds. Fuck your are car, ride a moped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, talk All to right, you later, Jim. my guy. Talk. All right.